This trip across Australia has taken me to some pretty tough places. I've driven through land that's hardened from years without rain, mountains scorched by fires, and today I'm pulling up in Coolangatta, one of the best surf spots in Australia. Waves the size of a house and rips that can pull you out to sea before you even know what's happening. It's tough out here for sure, but not for three-time world surfing champion Mick Fanning. He's a genuine Australian legend and one of the toughest guys I've ever met can be very dangerous. It's like you're at the mercy of the ocean yeah. a lot of it and you've got to try and manoeuvre yourself or it's almost like you're doing a dance with a woman. Sometimes it's a violent dance, sometimes yeah. it's a very graceful one but uh, got to have some macho or some bravado when the waves get big otherwise yeah. you'll just get torn apart. Even if you're not a fan of surfing, you might have heard of Mick Fanning because of an infamous encounter he had with a shark a few years ago. Australian world champion surfer Mick Fanning. Mick Fanning has survived a shark attack. Fanning has been knocked from his board in a horrific shark attack. This news went viral, and Mick was given the name the Shark Puncher. But that's not the only reason why I'm here to speak to Mick. I believe there's way more beneath the surface with this guy. I'm Henry Rollins, and this is Tough Conversations, an original podcast series with Mercedes-Benz X-Class. Going out all alone into those big, crazy waves, knowing that the ocean is stronger than you are, pretending like you're not scared, and the whole time, all eyes are on you. That's hardcore. And I can't wait to hear what tough means to Mick. Just a quick heads up. This episode really is a tough conversation. If you or anyone you know needs help, please see the show notes for info on who you can contact. I met Mick at the Balter Brewery, which he co-owns with some mates. It's a huge warehouse, and the beer is literally being made all around us. How has your idea of toughness evolved from a very young surfer to a full-grown-up elite athlete surfer? Is there... A, a line of toughness that goes through it in your life? And if it has changed, how has it changed as you've grown older? Yeah, there's, there's definitely is. You know, growing up and, you know, surfing big waves for the first time, you're absolutely petrified. Um, but you have that, because you're with your friends or whatever, you have that macho bravado. You're like, all right, I've got to, I've got to go out. I can't show that I'm scared. And, like, if a wave comes to me and someone says go, then you've got to go. But you start trusting in your ability and you start trusting, all right, I've done the work to deal with these situations. Um, still get scared as hell. But then once you sort of get ready for those waves, you're just so confident. You feel like you're invincible. I've been here on and off for decades, and I watch a lot of TV just to get a taste of the culture. You can really tell a country by what, what they watch. I've watched some beer ads. Wham! The can comes out on the table and some big, hairy Australian paw. Beer! Bam! The table shakes. Australia has an incredible love of alcohol. So does the rest of the world. I'm not trying to isolate beautiful Australia. However, I've never seen more gusto brought to the consumption of beer. Why is that a thing? Yeah. As you say that, it's something you grew up with, you know. You and your mates go to the pub and see you can get the most shit-faced. Yeah, it, when you look at it, it is pretty stupid. Um, you know, you wake up the next day feeling like hell. But, yeah, I notice also too, um, especially in our culture, 
there's a lot more fights when when people get pretty intoxicated. But where you go to places like, you know, you go to Europe, you go to Spain, and they have like a week long festival, you don't see one fight. It, it's wild. It, and um, it doesn't sound to me like you're a guy who wants to go drink and look for a fight. That doesn't seem to be. No, you I'm not a fighter whatsoever. Gotcha. <laughs> However, Mick, buddy. <laughs> Where are we sitting right now? In the brewery. Hey. <laughs> and so now you are a part owner of the means of production. I know. Where, where does that sit? Um, I used to be that guy. I used to be that guy to just go and get absolutely obliterated. I didn't care what I was drinking. And once I got involved in the brewery, it was a whole different thing. I sort of look at beer now as like drinking a nice bottle of wine or you know, it's more about the flavor and stuff like that. Obviously, I have a couple too many here and there, but um, but yeah, I just just trying to change the culture of it all and, and trying to um, show people that it is not just about going to the pub and get absolutely smashed. You know, enjoy a couple of beers and then go home. Let's talk about Australian male culture. I've never seen a country with more visible male hyper-masculine culture, like the Australian male on display. I mean, I've never seen, and I'm not, it's not a put down, it, but it is a noticeable thing. They're just all big or <laughs> athletic where they shake your hand, you're like, ah, damn. Where do you think surfing fits in, in that Australian male tough culture? Growing up, all the all the different beaches have their have their locals, right? Yeah. And uh, in those in those local areas, you have a hierarchy, and it's an, it's an unspoken law, pretty much. And and you know, it starts at the oldest guys, and you learn it as a kid. You know, if you're smart, then you get you know a little roughed up, and then you sort of you slowly take steps to become the top of the the food chain, um, and so. It's um, it's full alpha male stuff for sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Locals only. I've seen that spray painted. I've heard legend of the guy from somewhere else surfs some waves and comes back to find his car has been vandalized. Yeah, still happens. <laughs> okay. I want to talk about um, danger in the water. There, there's the power of the wave, but also, and I'm a I'm a city guy. I. Anything that bumps into me in the water, I think I'd run on top of the water to get back on shore, completely terrified. And I come to Australia pretty often, and rarely do I get out of Australia without seeing a shark headline. Yeah. Man nipped by shark, man bumped by shark, board bitten. I mean, it's, it's real. You were in competition, and you had, you had an experience with a shark that was very close. What happened? Um, yeah, so I was, I was in the final of an event in South Africa. I, the guys competing against Julian Wilson just caught a wave and I was sitting up the top of the point by myself. And just as I was about to move, I heard a splash behind me. And I, I was like, in that instant, I was like, oh no. And I tried to jump up on my board. And then because I heard the splash over that side, I tried to put my board there. But as the shark came through, it got stuck on, on, my, on my leg rope and pulled me under. Oh. And um, so I, I'm like trying to pull my leg back. And then as I've sat up, the thing's just smacked me straight in the head with its tail. 
and from there I fell off and I got dragged underwater for a little bit by my leg rope and then all of a sudden it popped. What people didn't see is the thing circled back. Like I just popped up and I just saw it just coming back and it fully bumped me again and that's when I was like trying to get away from it. You know, I was just freaking out. You know, I'm just trying to get away from it as best I could. And then the last thing I saw of it was my board on top of its fin just taking off towards the horizon. It just got stuck and I'm just like, oh, board's gone. Yeah. You know, what do I do now? First, I was yelling out to my friend. I was like, go in, go in, where he... He was just, he was in a whole different mindset. He was like coming to save me and paddle over to it. Um, and I was just screaming for him to get in. I just started swimming in. And, you know, after about 10 strokes, I was like, hang on. If this thing's coming back for me, you've got to, you've got to at least have a fight. Right. You know, so I, I was thinking it could just take my legs. So I turned around and my whole thing was to try and get as, as high out of the water as possible. And I'm trying to get up, 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 so I could see it coming up if it was going to come from behind. And I, you know, I had my fist cocked, ready to, to go. You know, I figured I was dead anyway, so might as well go down with a fire. And and luckily for me, it just never came back. But in that instant, I was just like, I'm done. Right. I'm, I'm, you know. How long from the beginning of all of that, the splash, to the you notice that the shark went away? How long are we talking about? Four. 10, 15 seconds. Okay. Yeah. But you see your life going, and it must have been part of that, like, wow, I'm, this is it? Yeah, yeah. I had, that, I had that sinking feeling of like, okay, this is the end. And the story you tell, the, the part that chills me the most is that you said, I heard a splash. Because you must know every sound an ocean makes having spent hundreds of hours in, and you hear a splash, and you have a pretty damn good idea of what it is. Yeah. That must have been maybe scarier than the rest of it. Yeah, well, that then was the thing that kept haunting me. Like I'd go surfing and I'd hear like a fish jump somewhere or it would just freak me out. Or or just a a wave break or, you know, just something that just didn't sound right. And that kept haunting me. And I had to go look in the mirror and had to go through this and go, okay, this is what happens, yeah. And I, I spoke to you know, other friends that are, you know, in the armed forces, and they have the same thing when you know being hit by mines, driving, and stuff like that. And they they still get the same thing, you know. They'll see a certain part of the road and it'll come back to them. And um, yeah, it's hard to get through that. That sound is still the one that. Yeah, the way you told it, my inner goosebumps all went up because I can just hear it in my head, like wow, and you know. Yeah. That's completely terrifying to me. And the headlines kind of mythologizes you. I mean, you're, you know, you're a legend anyway. But I told someone a few days ago that I was going to meet you. He punched a shark. <laughs> and that's the thing he's saying, like, yeah. yeah. Like, he punched a shark. You turn into Australian lore. <laughs> and not your fault. Yeah. And you, you get pulled into this multi-century, incredibly macho Australian tough guy culture. 
Like, yeah, he, you know, he's he's Ozzy all the way. He punched. He doesn't take it from a shark. He punched him. Yeah. And it's a it's a bit much, right? Very much. So, what was that like? Um, it was tough. It was really tough. When it first happened, got in on the beach, saw my friends, and then, you know, we're talking about male bravado and all that stuff before. I'd see my mates and they were crying. I'm just like, it's all right, I'm all right, I'm all right. And it wasn't until I saw one of my good friend's wives that I crumbled and I just fell, legs went, everything's gone. And, and that was the first part of it. And then I got on my first plane on the way home from South Africa and I'm sitting there and the lady next to me is reading the paper and she's like, so what are you, you know, she heard my Aussie accent. She's like, oh, what are you doing here? And I was like, Oh, I was surfing and and um, she's like, oh, look at the paper. How's the guy nearly got eaten by a shark? And I just looked over and I was just like, I wasn't prepared for it. And all of a sudden I just welled up and just started crying in my seat. And I'm just like, shit. And then once I got home, like I was still processing it all and get finally get through the, the first lot of interviews or whatever. And then I'm just in my house and I felt like a prisoner in my house. Camera, camera crews were out the front of my house just waiting for me to do anything. And, and I felt, I seriously felt like a prisoner. And here I am, all I want to do is just try and figure this out and try and get through these emotions and get on with life. But I couldn't do that because I'm just getting filmed. I'm just getting photographed and I couldn't show my vulnerability outside my house. I couldn't just walk down the street because everyone's like, yeah, well done. Like, as you said, you, you punched a shark. And in all truthness, I was so insignificant on that day. That, that beast was, it was like, it did what it wanted to do. I was just in the way. And if it had, if it wanted to eat me, I was gone. Yeah, I, I've considered myself extremely lucky to get away. The story you just told me, Two times you mentioned crying, where you could have taken, yeah, me and this shark, I'm looking for him still. <laughs> you could have really played it off yeah. in classic Aussie style. Yeah. As you Aussies are very good at, where you could have made a really good shark joke. Uh, really? It's the most terrifying day of my life. 100%. And, and here's the kind of toughness I want to zero in on. You know, growing up, it was always, men were never allowed to show their emotions. Um, I don't think it was just Australia, I think it was worldwide. Men were meant to be tough, men were meant to be, you know, the, the breadwinner go out and, you know, be builders or tradesmen and, and just never complain about anything, you know, if anything was hard, just suck it up right. and, you know, cry in the mirror by yourself at home. Um, you know, that, that's the way I grew up, you know, being the youngest of three brothers and if I complained or anything, they'll just harden up, harden up. But now I feel there's a, there's a whole different shift in it all. I feel, for me, toughness is more so being vulnerable and showing that, um, being, being at a point where you're really honest with people and, and, you know, it's scary at times being honest or it's scary at times being vulnerable, but, you know, your best friends have always got your back. And, and that's, that's what I see as toughness, is you know, support and, and being there in the hard times, but not, not to slap them on the back and say, get over it or be strong. It's like, all right, give us what you, give us what you, you want to get through right. and 
let's figure out a way to build you back up from the bottom, you know? That was Mick Fanning. And despite obviously being made of very tough stuff, he admits to how petrified he can feel when he's out in the water. That's the word he uses, petrified. And yet, he still shows up. I think that's toughness on a whole other level. And recently, he did something else that was pretty brave. He announced his retirement from professional surfing. Not knowing what was the next chapter, you know, the courage to take that leap, it's a, it's a very scary thing. But sometimes that's what you got to do to be tough, is just follow your courage and follow your instincts and um, take a leap of faith every now and then. I think Mick is now moving on to perhaps one of the most interesting chapters of his life, where surfing will one day be just one of the many stories he'll be able to tell. I'm Henry Rollins, and this is Tough Conversations with Mercedes-Benz X-Class, the evolution of tough. Never before has a workhorse had so much style and sophistication. But don't let that fool you. It has all the performance and off-road capabilities you'd expect. Find out more and follow my journey at xclass.com.au. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I'm going to be speaking with Clover Moore, Adam Briggs, and more about what tough means to them. If this episode brought up any stuff for you, get in touch with Beyond Blue at beyondblue.org.au or in Australia on 1300 22 46 36. If you're in an emergency or at immediate risk of harm to yourself or others, please contact emergency services on triple zero.